0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Just a quick note before today's episode. This summer, we're completing our series of introduction videos with our final season of filming, and we still need to raise about $30,000 to cover those costs, and we would love you to help us with that. And you can do that by visiting the Spoken Gospel website and clicking on donate. And by doing that, you can contribute to bringing books like the Book of Revelation to life. And whether that's through a one-time gift or a monthly donation, your support makes all the difference in the world. So thank you so much, and enjoy today's podcast. Welcome to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. This is our attempt to speak the gospel out of every corner of Scripture. We believe every part of the Bible, Old Testament and New, is about Jesus. And this podcast is our experiment to publicly test that belief. Let's jump in. Okay, well, this is the last episode in The Book of Genesis. Yes. We're going to we're going to talk about the last main character, Joseph. Yes. Yeah, how you feeling today, Seth?
1: Well, old. Old, why? I'm officially you can throw your back out years old. Oh, did you throw your back out I today? Did. Oh no, <laughs> 3 days ago. I didn't know <laughs> that. <laughs> I've been like lying on the ground and putting my feet up at 90 degree angles because oh. I can't walk around. So that if you're wondering, guys, thirty years old. That's
0: the. That's, that's, I think the first time I threw my back out was at thirty. Our yeah,
1: body, our bodies are officially decomposing.
0: It's true, death is coming, but we triumph over it because the serpent's head has been crushed.
1: Well, <laughs> wow. Is this a good? Is this Jesus Jukes? Try out Jesus the box. Jesus Jukes.
0: I really wanted, like, I thought about changing the name of this podcast to Jesus, Jesus Jukes.
1: Jukes. <laughs> Jesus Jukes, Jukes with Seven <laughs> David. <laughs> But, um, anyway, we're not doing All that. All youth pastors everywhere, tune in. <laughs> That's right. That's right. How do I Jesus Jesus through? is the true and better harambe.
0: Jesus <laughs> is the true and better throwing in your back out. <laughs> anyway, so we've talked about um, Eve and the fall and the flood, and then we went with our, our four main characters. Abraham, Abraham Isaac, Isaac Jacob, Jacob, and now Joseph. Joseph. Right. So these are... These are the patriarchs, right? Yeah, yeah. Is that right? The patriarchs. Okay, the patriarchs. Fantastic. And so if you'll remember, Jacob had twelve sons through some really um <laughs> I don't know what to call it like family feud yes. stuff going on.
1: A baby making competition. Baby making
0: <laughs> competition. Yeah, I like that. And Joseph is kind of the last but not least yes. of, of the of and he He
1: is the Judah's one of Judah's Favorite sons, J- J- Jacob's Jacob. So so many J names. There's so yeah, one of Jacob's favorite sons, right? Because he's he the son a, well, he, of, his yeah, of Rachel, wife. right? Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Finally, my hot wife had a kid. <laughs> is, that, is that? I mean, you know, he's and a patriarch. What are you gonna do? He
1: gets patriarchal a, society. A, <laughs> I can't even follow. <laughs> Lie. <laughs> th- David told me that he had some inner ear problems. Before I do. My, on I, air. Th- my left and ear so I is think completely clogged. All of this clogged. episode <laughs> was just going to be chalked up to okay. David's ear problems.
0: problem. I like that. I'm also on Benadryl. We're oh yeah. Cutting it with coffee, mm. so it's working real well for me. Um,
1: welcome, welcome to the trip. <laughs> to the trip.
0: Uh, so anyway, so we 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 kind of get a glimpse into this family, and yeah, we find out that Jacob or Joseph is the favorite of Jacob and it is designated by the fact that he makes him this famous
1: coat. Technicolor dream coat.
0: Technicolor dream coat, that's right. He makes him this coat of many colors and puts it on him, and it is this visible symbol that Joseph's the favorite. Right. Uh, and again, we have this thing repeated that the younger son seems to have the favor. Right. Right. That, yes. uh, like, like we had Abel over Cain, we had Jacob over Esau, and, well the difference
1: here yep. is that Joseph, even though he's the favored by Jacob, Jacob by yeah. Jacob, is not the promised seed. That's right. So even though he's the promised seed even though he's not the promised seed, he's still the uh the favored
0: one. Ooh, which is interesting because Jacob's dad, Isaac, did kind of the same thing. God had chosen Jacob, but Isaac favored Esau. Yes. And so he's kind of repeating the sins of his father. Family history, family <laughs> history. Yeah, is like you know we, what we'll find out is that despite what we're about to read next, Judah is actually the one who gets in the line of Jesus, the promised seed. Yes, but uh, Joseph
1: essentially ju- yeah. makes sure it happens. Joseph oh, yeah. is the one without Joseph's faithfulness and mm-hmm. agency, um, and faithfulness to God. Right. Judah would never have survived.
0: Right, yeah, because they would have died in the upcoming and famine. And I think that's one yeah. of the
1: unique things about Joseph's stories. Up to this point, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, when we see them, we kind of know they're morally compromised characters. Right. We look at them and we see these guys have pretty clear character flaws. Mm-hmm. But despite human faithlessness, God has proven over and over again that he is faithful. Right. And in Joseph, we get a picture of what faithfulness actually looks like. And even, and so like, there's very, like, Joseph is never painted in a poor light. Joseph's actions are considered good and holy and wise throughout the entire narrative. And his faithfulness is what allows uh, Judah's line to continue. Mm. He's responding faithfully to God's faithfulness to him. Right. So that's the unique thing about Joseph and the thing that we are supposed to take away as well. Like, we are supposed to see Joseph in some senses as as an exemplar for ourselves as well. Like. Here is a man who's faithful to God's covenant yeah but isn't it
0: interesting that like um, we if you're reading this straight through and you're you're thinking about Genesis 3:15 you're waiting for this promised seed to come and you read through the whole story of Joseph you're like this guy is different like he is a moral exemplar yeah. he's really good he hasn't messed up yet and in fact in this story that we're looking at now in in chapter 37, there's these dreams and visions given him where people are bowing down to him and he is reigning over all of them. Even his parents are bowing to him, and it's like this must be the promised seed. Um, but like you get, we get, we'll get to the end of Genesis and it's He's not. not. He's not. And, and what what's striking is these. There's these two stories put side by side. So let's kind of look at them side by side because I think that might be helpful. So first you have the really famous story of. Joseph getting his, his coat of many colors. Right. His brothers get jealous because he's get, being favored by his dad, and he's having these dreams and saying, like, hey, I had this dream from God, and you all bow down to me, and they not, get mad.
1: Not the best little brother move. Not the best little brother move,
0: <laughs> but, you know, uh, and, like, and people talk about, like, that was a sin. Like, okay, I've, heard, okay. I've had people yeah, talk yeah. about, like, that's a sin. I think he's just, if he is, like, the younger brother, and, and I think he's more naive than anything, where he just, like, imagine having this vision from God yeah. And like, what are you gonna do? You're, You're already the favorite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, favoritism breeds naivety, right? I think that's very true. And, and, but but you would come to your family, and be like, guys, I just had a vision from God. Like, l- listen to what happened. Okay, here's what I saw. And he tells him the vision. He's not right. thinking like, you know, yeah, take that, losers. I'm so much better than you. I don't right. think we see him doing that. Okay, so we have this, and the the brothers get jealous. They they take they they take him out into like this. This far place. Or the his... two
1: stories side by side. Uh, oh, Judah oh. and Tamar. Oh, I want to uh, oh, do okay, this side. Okay. Because we're
0: talking about which one's the chosen seed. So right. I think it's really interesting. So that's the other one we're going to get to. But have this famous one. His brothers take him out, they fake his death, they sell him into slavery, they bring his 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 coat back, covered in animal blood, and tell a lie to their dad that he was mauled by a wild animal. Right. And Jacob weeps. And then we get this next story of Judah. And Tamar. So Judah is supposed to be, <laughs> and we already expect Judah
1: to be the promised seed.
0: Oh, right, because the other two have disqualified themselves right. in the defiling of Dina. Right. Which we talked about last week. Yes. Okay, yes. Okay. So this
1: is supposed to be the promised seed. And Judah is failing to live up to his covenant obligations to provide a seed. He's not increasing and multiplying and going on and doing what God has commanded the promised seed to do. And the... That, that's the basic version of the story, but it gets complicated. <laughs> he's doing it He's. This is the nicest whitewash way to say this. But so there, so
0: first off, he doesn't marry the right kind of woman. No. He marries a Canaanite woman, right? Yes. So everyone else has gone back to the land of Abraham to marry a wife, right? Isaac did it with Rebecca. Jacob did it with Rachel. And now, uh, this Judah, who is supposed to be, well, hopefully he'll be the oldest son who can actually be a faithful dude. Yes. He goes and marries a Canaanite woman, which you're not supposed to do. Right. And he has two sons from them. The first one um, is, 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 is married to a woman named Tamar, which we'll revisit later. Yes. And, but both of these sons are so evil that God just kills them. Yes. <laughs> like immediately. Whoa. Like that's how bad they are. And so we're seeing like, man, Judah is not the best dad. He's not the best carrier of this promise. He is marrying the wrong tribe and having such yes. evil children that God has to put them to death. Yes. Okay. So what happens is Ju- Ju- uh, Judah's oldest son marries this woman named Tamar, which I've talked about. And he says, okay, here's what you need to do, Tamar, because you don't have a husband anymore. Just wait. Until my my new young son, my right. third son, grows up. Then you can marry him. Yes. And and he can give you so children. Was,
1: so this was called the law of the love-right marriage. That's right. And the idea is the, this, the family line needs to be passed on. Mm-hmm. The legacy of the brother needs to be passed on. We can't let the family be forgotten. Right. And so the brother of the deceased husband takes his place and marries this marries woman, this yeah and yeah. the first child is considered an heir to the brother that's right and so this way god's family line will live on that's right uh yeah so judah right refuses to do his duty as a father and make sure that his son marries his widowed daughter-in-law because he has a third son Sh- uh, his name is sheila sheila right and he says okay tamar Go back home to your father. Uh-huh. Wait until my son is grown up, and I will send him to you. You'll be rem- you'll be remarried, uh-huh. and the family line I'll, will continue, yep. which is the right thing to do. Which is the right thing to do. Okay,
0: but ty- we get this little line that says, in, "In the course of time, in the course of time, and time then we passes. are also
1: told in a couple of verses down in verse fourteen, when uh-huh. Timnah saw that Sheila had grown up." And she had not and he had not been given to him. Oh, She's uh-oh. like, okay, so Judah is failing his obligation That's to right. provide me with the the heir that I was promised, my mm-hmm. original husband's heir. Right. And so <laughs> So not only are
0: Judah's two first sons so bad that God killed them, now Judah is is like withholding his third son in a sinful way as well. Yeah, so this is all messed up.
1: Right, and I think I said already before, like he's literally not fulfilling the command of Genesis 1 to be fruitful and multiply. Yeah, right. So Tamar takes matters into her own hands. Mm -hmm. Uh, She dresses like a prostitute, sleeps with Judah, gets pregnant by Judah, and has his son. Right. Judah hears about that this daughter-in-law is is pregnant and wants to kill her for it. And she says no, you can't because it's your son, and proves it to her with the with these artifacts that she has.
0: Yeah, she is about to be burned at the stake, and is like, and then proves like has like this court of law at her execution, and is like, here are the things that you gave me as the cult prostitute as my price, and these belong to you. Right, I can prove to you that you're the dad. Yes, and And then then he says yes,
1: yes. Yep, that's me. That's me. That's me. Guys, that one. (laughs) And then he says she is more righteous than I, Mm. since I did not give to her my son Sheila. Yeah, and why? So why is she more righteous? I
0: think it's because uh, she was faithful to carry on the line. Right. Like she knew that this line had to be preserved and carry on. She knew that there were these echoes of Genesis 3:15 in her head that this is God's chosen line, you know, you know, my 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 ex-husband's great-great-grandfather's Abraham. All this stuff is happening. I've got to get pregnant. Right. <laughs> with someone from Judah. I yes. have to. And so she was righteous because she's fulfilling yeah. God's plan. Yeah, to bring is, about a seed.
1: Yeah, she's actually trusting yeah. that God will provide a seed that will bless the nation of the world in a way that Judah is not. Right. We can talk about like the ethics of this. The ethics of this are not <laughs> ideal. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> <not> very, <laughs> very hard to get through the ethics of this. But the point is, what man has intended for evil, yes. God continues to intend for good. That is the point. And we also have, there is... We see this line continue. Her, she has twins, mm-hmm. just like Esau and Jacob yep. were twins. They wrestle in the womb, just like just like them, just yep. like J- Jacob and Esau wrestled in the womb. And then we also, their names are picked up in the book of Ruth as well. When mm. Ruth becomes this figure of Tamar, this righteous woman of Tamar, and both of them end up being included in Jesus's genealogy. Right. That's what's so
0: crazy about this whole thing is you would think that if you were reading the book of Genesis, and anyone was going to be in the line of the promised seed, it would end up being Joseph, this moral exemplar, right. this favored son, this one to whom he's having for the One who he's is actually visions. being faithful. He's being faithful. Like, we're going to see him rise to prominence here in just a second. And, like, so, like, what, when we read Matthew or Luke, I can't remember Matthew. Who, Matthew. Matthew. When, when we When we Matthew's opening genealogy, and we see Perez, and we see Tamar, and, like, uh, what should we be thinking? Like, what is God trying to communicate to us in putting these morally compromised characters in His Son's genealogy? Right. What is He trying to communicate to us?
1: I think what He's trying to communicate is two things simultaneously. Okay. What human beings intend for evil, right? God intends for good. We've Definitely. talked about that over yep. and over yep. again. But the other thing He's showing us is that even like human faithfulness, it's not it's not about g- Joseph isn't saved because he's morally faithful. Mm. He's saved because God has purposes to save Israel. Yeah. The reason why Israel ends up ultimately succeeding is not because of Joseph's faithfulness, but it's because of God's. Right. We're not saved in the works of Paul by works of the law, yep. but by trust in jesus alone mm. and so i think even here we have god's faithfulness despite human faithlessness yeah and even human faithfulness as good and exemplary as it is and how we should follow joseph mm-hmm. that is actually not what that's not ultimately what brings god's purposes about right it's god's plan god's will god's uh, determination and his grace towards people who don't deserve it
0: Okay, so now we come upon the story in Genesis 39 that is preached in every worth the wait classroom that I've ever been in. Every yeah, every sexual seminar for middle schoolers. This is this, this one. Is, it's this, this, is this one. It. It's this. It's, it's Joseph is working in this Egyptian official's house, Potiphar, and uh, he has this beautiful wife. Beautiful who just keeps wife coming on to him, who just keeps wanting wanting Joseph, and he keeps saying no. And eventually, she even tries to like corner him. Yeah, and he flees. Uh, right. Like naked, right? She like yeah, grabs she, his garment.
1: Yeah, she's like grabbing his clothes off of yeah. him and he's running out of the house trying right. to get away from her. And
0: so, like, I always remember like th- this story in school or not school, at church and stuff where it was like, man, like, it doesn't matter how. Close you are To doing Some kind of sexual sin Just run Like you can still run away Was always the point
1: (laughs) (laughs) Your clothes could be off Under the covers I've literally heard this And then just run out of the house (laughs) I've literally heard that message
0: So is that what we are Supposed to be learning From from the story of Joseph
1: Seth Uh, (laughs) I think it's a point you okay. could make okay. for the story of okay. Joseph, like I think Joseph, as we've said over and over again, is, is an example of human yep. faithfulness right. in response to God's faithfulness, right. and I think in a lot of ways we're supposed to look to him and say, "Yes, he is." That was real good. That was a real good move. Yep. Unlike unlike Judah, the yes. promised seed whose sexual brokenness is on full display. That's right. Joseph is Sexy, a sexually faithful, pure and sexually yep. faithful man. So it is interesting that Judah and Tamar is put up right against right the story against of, it. The Potiphar story, you're yes. supposed to see that God is using faithful Joseph yep. to bring unfaithful Judah the yeah. pro- to be to be the promised one. Does isn't that
0: make- yeah, yeah, that definitely makes sense. But isn't it? It's also really interesting that God can use for good sexual chastity and sexual brokenness. Right. I think it's really interesting. I think that's really good news for people who are like like. I, my sexuality is so compromised, I've done such right. terrible things with it, right. that there's no way God could use my story and my life and what's or my children or my, my marriage yes. or whatever for good. And it's like, yeah. this is showing the exact opposite of that. Yeah. So I just think that's really good.
1: And think about it this way, too. You have, Joseph isn't just a moral exemplar. He points us to Jesus. That's right. Jesus was a single man like Joseph, I think at this point in the story, he was sexually faithful and sexually pure, and it's through his faithfulness that sexually broken people are still enter into Mm -hmm. his family line. That's right. So why does unfaithful Judah get into the family line? Because... Faithful Joseph is faithful. Right, yeah. And so Jesus does the same thing. He is faithful sexually when we are not, yep. and he invites all sexually broken people into his family line if we would just trust in him, right. if we would trust in his faithfulness. Yeah. I think I think part of the problem with say, casting this only as a moral story, of don't do this, uh-huh. it ends up just being an exercise in shame. That's right. I, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have heard like the example of the rose. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. It's like some guy gets up on stage and he says, isn't, isn't this Rose beautiful? Isn't yeah. this Rose so, so, so beautiful? And like, here, I want everyone to experience it. And he, he passed it around the room. And by the time he gets back to the stage, it's just falling apart. Just right. passed through, you know, 100 middle schoolers' hands. Yeah. And then he just says, who would want this?
0: Mm. Who would want this? Yeah, this broken.
1: Broken thing. I mean, you feel that at the end of Judah and Tamar. Who would want this? Right. Who would want this? And uh, Matt Chandler's line is just like, Jesus does. Jesus wants that. Jesus wants the rose. He wants you, and he is faithful to the end to give it to you. That's really good.
0: Yeah. Okay, so what's interesting then is at the end of the net result, I should say, the net result of Joseph's faithful sexuality— is he's thrown into a pit. Is he's thrown into prison.
1: Another pit. Another pit. Yeah, his brothers <laughs> threw him into one pit. Whenever,
0: like, whenever, like we're going to hold you here until we figure out what to do with you. Now he's thrown into another pit in the in the belly of Egypt. Yeah. And um, that I just find that really interesting, too. Maybe it goes back a little bit to what you were talking about with, um, we're not, I, I don't think this is the point that text is making, but I can't think about it, where it's like we're not saved by our own right. righteousness, our own yeah. faithfulness. And it's like, Joseph's faithfulness was not rewarded here immediately. Right. And um and it and yet it seems like Judah's unfaithfulness was rewarded with twins. Yeah. And so it's just everything's upside down in, in this. It's really it's and I think it's supposed to throw you off.
1: Right. And show you again how faithful Joseph is. Even in the pit. Right. God is blessing him. Yes. God is elevating him to positions of authority. Yep. And he while he's in there, he meets these a baker and a cupbearer. Yep interprets dreams for them, they end up getting, one gets executed, another one gets elevated back to power, and... The
0: time comes when Pharaoh has a dream that he needs interpreted, and, and guess who they call upon? Joseph
1: down in the pit. That's right. Yep. The cub says, there's a man in the pit who can interpret your dreams, and he is elevated again yep. through power. So, That's right.
0: So no matter, no matter what Joseph has to go through, no matter what suffering or trials, God is continuously faithful to bring him out of it, and not only out of it back to where he was, but to elevate him to a higher position of authority and power. Yes, right. And I mean, you, you just you can't help but see the gospel in that, like that Jesus, who was robed not in a technical or dream coat, but with all splendor and glory. Right, walked through the same kind of derision that Joseph's brothers put Joseph through. Right, they you know they 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 beat him, they sold him for money into slavery, like 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 um. Oh, what's his name? The betrayer! <laughs> oh my goodness, Judas. <laughs> Judas. There should be J names right now. Judas betrayed Jesus and sold him into slavery. Um, Jesus was, you know, put down into a pit, not just jail, but literally into a grave after he died, and he rose again to power, not at the right hand of Pharaoh, which we'll soon see, but at the right hand of God, who's above all kingdoms, all power, all authority. Is it's like Joseph is walking us through, like what it looks like for the morally faithful one of God. To be able to be risen to a high place of power despite the depths of suffering to which he has to go. Yes. So I think we see that here in the Joseph story. So I think that's pretty cool. So Joseph is
1: um, interprets correctly Pharaoh's dream. So Pharaoh has two dreams. Yep. Par- parallel dreams. And we're, right. the reason we're told he has two dreams because in the doubling of Pharaoh's dream means that the thing is fixed by God and God will shortly bring it about. Oh, right. And that should trigger things for you because Joseph had two dreams as well. Oh, right. And so why? Because this thing is set in God's mind that oh. he will rule over his brothers and he will shortly bring it about. Yep. And he interprets the dreams correctly. And we're told that essentially He, it is seen as a as as wisdom. Right. And I think this is something that John Salehammer points out. When you read the two stories of the two guys in the pit with him, they're very similar dreams. And you really wouldn't be able to tell which one was good and which one was bad just Mm -hmm. by looking at it. Right. The only way which you would is by exercising this godly type of wisdom where you're communicating with the Lord, asking him what it means and telling him the vision, telling him the meaning. The same thing is happening here. Joseph is exercising wisdom because he's being compared to the wise men over and over again. So Joseph is exercising his degree. Oh, of, the wise men in Pharaoh's in Pharaoh's court. court the magician who couldn't inter- interpret who couldn't. the dream. Okay, that, okay. So there's a wisdom. I think part of what we're supposed to see here is not Jesus. Uh, J- Jesus Joseph. Yep. Isn't just um, faithful. Right. He's also wise. Mm,
0: he's wise and faithful.
1: He's wise and faithful. Yeah. He's this wise leader who can interpret correctly right. the visions that people have uh, from the Lord. Okay. And so. Uh, Daniel will pick up on this. And when Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, yep. Daniel, there's a lot of allusions to the Joseph story in the oh, book of Daniel. okay, yeah. And then Paul in 1 Corinthians picks up on this as well. Does he? He does. Okay. Yeah. I, wa-
0: I want to hear this. I don't know where you're going.
1: So uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 6. Remember, Joseph is being compared to the rulers of the, his age. Daniel is being compared to the rulers and the enchanters of Nebuchadnezzar's day. Okay, and in right. 1 Corinthians 2, it says, Yet among the chur we do impart wisdom, Although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away, but we impart a secret and a hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of Glory. Mm. And yeah, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person, which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Okay. So we're and so what we're, so Paul is meditating on the stories of Joseph mm-hmm. and in the stories of Daniel. And what are we told about Joseph? Uh, in chapter forty-one, that the, the the Pharaoh forty-two, he says. Clearly, you have the spirit of God. Oh, yeah. So Joseph is the wise one filled with the Holy Spirit Mm. who is able to correctly interpret the dreams of the people. Right. So, and when we um, fast forward into the New Testament, Paul just heightens this and said, there are rulers and authorities still. Roman officials, demonic forces who are trying to, by their wisdom, control the world, Mm -hmm. have particular visions of what they think the world's going to do. But there's a wisdom that surpasses it all. And if they would have known the true wisdom, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Because when he dies, there's resurrection. And what's the story of Joseph over and over again? He's thrown into the pit and then comes back out of it. He's thrown into Egypt to resurrect the family line.
0: Daniel's thrown into the lion's then, <laughs> And he comes back out again. <laughs> right.
1: That's exactly right. That's really interesting. And where does the wisdom come from? It doesn't come from the accumulated knowledge nope. of Pharaoh's enchanters. Right. It doesn't come from the books of the, uh, the of the Babylonians and their mm-hmm. special dream interpretation journals. It comes from time spent with the Lord. Right. It comes from the well, Spirit of God it revealing to it to you. What is Proverbs 1.1? Uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning, beginning of, of wisdom. wisdom. Yeah. What, it, what brings true wisdom? A proper relationship with God,
0: mm. yeah. And what's what's the basis of that fear that begins wisdom that lets us see into these secret things of God? Is it like like you've said? Is it is it trying harder or being better? Like racking up all these moral ways? The
1: all this leadership capability yeah. just oozing out of him <laughs> yeah. in the prison?
0: <laughs> no, it's it's trust, it's faith that he is. I mean, imagine the trust and faith it would take to just like name it right. Because I think right. I think uh, to name the interpretation. Because I think Pharaoh. It says, like, if you're wrong, I'm gonna kill you. Right? Is that am I right? That
1: might be Daniel you're thinking. Oh if...
0: well, I mean, there you go. We were already talking about right. Daniel. Yeah. So, but there's that idea that, like, you put a lot on the line whenever you're you're giving people these kinds of interpretations, especially whenever it's Pharaoh. You know, the lead, the you know, biggest baddest leader in the land. Right. Um. I mean, what kind of trust and faith would you have to have that, like, did I just hear from the Lord about this yeah. interpretation? And and so it, it's just this fearful faith that. Joseph had in his God that he would lead him to interpret these dreams correctly. And so for us today, what how how do we look into the secret things of God and understand his plan from all eternity past? Is it is it by being the best biblical scholars in the world or being the most morally exemplar people? No. I mean those are good things.
1: What did Joseph do? Yeah. He remembered God's past faithfulness to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yeah. So you and I do the same thing. We look back to the cross of Jesus Christ. Did he die? Yes. Did he rise from the dead? Yes. That is the true wisdom of God. If you trust in that, if you believe that, if you meditate on it, if that becomes the engine of your life, motivating the things that you do, you become the wisest person (laughs) in your corporation. You become the wisest person among your peers, not because you are smarter, but because you're diving into the heart of God, faithful even unto death.
0: Okay, so Joseph interprets these dreams of Pharaoh, and they're about um, a, pl- uh, not a plague, a famine. A famine that's a famine. about the same place. And so... Seven he, years of plenty, yeah. seven years of famine. And Joseph not only wisely, we talked about wisdom, not only wisely interprets the dream, he also wisely comes up with a plan for how to deal with the fact that there's going to be seven years of plenty and seven years of famine,
1: right? right. This is when Pharaoh says it, he's like, can we find a man like this in whom the Spirit of God dwells? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has shown you all this, there's none as discerning as wise as you are. You be in charge. Yeah, so <laughs> that's he, what he says. Yeah, so
0: he, he puts a, he puts he puts Joseph in charge, and Joseph decides that we're going to s- over overstore, we're going right. to oversave during the seven years of plenty, so that we can have have enough when the seven years of famine come. Right, so and he, people yeah. can
1: buy it back from us, and, and you we'll get
0: it wealthier, Pharaoh. That's right. Yeah, right. Pharaoh likes this idea. Yeah, he does. Smart guy. Yeah, and so um and so the famine comes after the seven years of plenty, and it reaches the land where Jacob. And his sons are. So this is Joseph's family. And um, they are like starving out there. There's no food. And they hear that they can go to Egypt and buy some yep. food.
1: So they walk all the way over there and they bow themselves before him with their faces to the ground. oh
0: There's the dream. The dream has been fulfilled. That's what Joseph dreamed. Yep. Joseph
1: knows it's his brothers, but the brothers don't know that it's him. Right. Um, and then... More Trixie, more Trixie, <laughs> more Trixie. It has been the word of Genesis <laughs> is Trixie,
0: yeah. He uh, so yeah. So Joseph ends up saying like he he wants because Benjamin didn't come, the youngest brother, right. Right, he didn't come. Yeah, he didn't he's, come because Jacob was fearful that, you know, something would, bad would happen to him. Right. And so he – but Joseph loves Benjamin. Yeah, he, and, and he's yeah.
1: just asking his brothers questions. Is your father still alive? Do you have any right. other brothers? He's, like, questioning he's them. He's giving them the
0: third degree, but really he's like, hey, how's dad? You know, like, but they have no clue yes. that's what's happening.
1: But he actually calls them spies. It's right. like, cast as an interrogation. Yes. You guys are spies. How many, how many siblings do you have? How's your how, dad? How's your dad? Is he alive? Yeah.
0: <laughs> And yep. um, and so basically he, they, they give him all these answers and, and they're, they're like, in, well, we, well, we actually do have one more brother. His name's Benjamin. He's back home. And Nobody they deal. even admit yep. that
1: there is one brother who's who is not no there. more. And that's all I say. Oh, who's one, who's one no more. is no right. more. Yep. And so in the narrative, this is imp- actually pretty important mm. because you see, you still see a lack of repentance, a lack of remorse oh, yeah. on the brother's part. They won't even name right his brother. Or the, let
0: alone take ownership for right. what happened to him. There
1: is one who is no more. Right.
0: Who knows what happened? Well, who knows what happened yeah. to him? Yeah. And
1: then throughout the throughout the story, they become more and more aware that what they did was wrong, yep. and they experience guilt for it. Even down the, in verse twenty-one, in truth, they're trying to explain what's happening. Mm-hmm. They're, they're they they think they're about to die. They, they don't know what's going to happen in Joseph's care, and they said, "In truth, we are guilty concerning our brother." Did I not tell you it was a sin against the boy, but you didn't listen to me? Mm. So they're processing why is all this bad stuff happening to us in, in, in Egypt? Why are they interrogating me? Right. They've thrown one of our brothers into another pit, yeah. just like we threw Joseph, Joseph into a pit. One. Like, yep. is like God punishing us with the same thing we did to Joseph? <laughs> and so they're trying to process through are we actually being punished right. for what
0: we did? Which is crazy that this is the first time that they might be actually coming to a realization about how terrible the thing they did to their brother was. Yes. <laughs> it's like, man, could it be? That we did something wrong to Joseph? <laughs> anyway, so they Joseph says, uh, you have to leave. Here's here's your grain. You bought it. Now go go away. If you and want you, your brother back. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. I, I've taken your brother. Who's thrown in?
1: Uh, it's Simeon. Okay. And they yeah. start heading back home yeah. with all the grain, and they get to a lodging place. They get to a halfway point, and they open up their bag, I guess, to eat some grain, and they find that all their money is still in the bags. Yeah.
0: Joseph had one of his servants put all the money they paid for the grain back in the bags, which was like his way of blessing them. But right. they take it as a sign of like, oh, no, he's going to think we stole all this money.
1: Right. And in their words, what is this thing that God has done to us? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so they go back, and they're not allowed to go back to Egypt without Benjamin. Right. Because Joseph's like, how, do, how will I know who, who you, you are, who you say you are, unless you bring this this younger brother of yours. So they go back. They they uh, tell Jacob, and Jacob's like, nope, you're not going back. You're not taking I'm Benjamin. Not I've already lost son. one son that I loved. I'm you, not well, losing you another Well, you've
1: been I've lost two sons now, Joseph and now oh, Simeon. Oh, and now Simeon. He's yeah, like, I'm not, not losing going to third. Right.
0: Yeah. And so, but food runs out, and yep. they are forced to go back with Benjamin. Both
1: Reuben and Judah, who had a role in... Like a pretty active role yeah. in sending Joseph over there. Both offer to give up their own sons. Like oh, if, that's right. If, you, if we don't come back with Benjamin, take it out of my sons. Right. So already we're seeing a Some little softness bit.
0: Softness of heart and repentance. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And so they go back and this time Joseph welcomes them with like a feast.
1: Yeah, they're th- they're thrown off by this. Definitely happen- off. Well, at-, at first, when Joseph invites them to their house, they're like, "Oh no, he's they- gonna <laughs> he knows about the money." <laughs> yeah, he knows he- about the money. Right? He knows about the money. He's gonna come and get us. And so they're worried <laughs> that they're about to be slaughtered. Oh yeah, something's gonna happen to right. them. But Joseph is ready to welcome them. Yeah. He, they come in with their big sacks of money and say, y- you paid us, you gave us the money back, there was a mistake. And so Jesus all says, this time they've kept this money. Which is impressive. That is <laughs> impressive, actually. <laughs> and Joseph says, no, that was God blessing you. I have your money. Don't worry about it. And he lays out this great feast for them. Yeah, Feeds all their donkeys, right. and they just don't know what to do about it.
0: They're really uncomfortable during this whole they thing. Are. And so they kind of eat, they, they buy more grain... And they're going to leave again. Right. But Joseph... Before they do, they bow again. Oh, they bow again. Second Second time. dream. Second there we time. go. And Joseph plays another trick on them. This time, he puts his kind of prized silver cup.
1: Like, it's the cup that he drank out of right. and apparently Has practiced st- divination out of <laughs> as well. I was like, okay, <laughs> All cool. Right,
0: cool, whatever, you know that's your cup of tea, your silver <laughs> cup of tea. Okay. No, terrible. Okay. But you uh but so they he puts it in Benjamin's sack. Right. And they go away and then he sends his guards after them and they 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 kind of they accuse them of this and they're, and and they're like no, we're we're guiltless of this. We haven't done this thing. Search our sacks and whoever whoever's uh, whoever sack you find this cup in, they'll be your prisoner for life or something like that, right? Right. Yeah. And so they search the sacks and oh no. It's in Baby Benjamin's sack. It is the one dude they can't leave. They a... can't. They can't go home without. So they go back because, like, if they go back, if they if they go back without Benjamin, like
1: they promise, they even their own, their own, their own sons. sons, and more than likely that probably wouldn't happen. But right. it would, they just know it would. That kill, would kill it would kill Jacob. Would kill their yeah. father. Yes. So they all go back to try to figure out what happened. Right. Uh, and so
0: they they go back and they're like, we don't know how this happened, but Judah. Remember Judah? Judah yeah. and Tamar? Yeah. This dude who almost uh put to death by like uh being burned by fire, Tamar, who had his child in her. Right, right, right. Like, he in a huge character swing offers to give up his own life for that of Benjamin's. Yeah. Like, and which is so cool that this is the this is the chosen seed. This is the one who will lead to Jesus. He is offering to do that which Jesus will ultimately do, which is yeah. give his life for um, for others, right. right? Yeah, pay the price. Right. Which is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Yeah. And so, but anyway, Joseph,
1: Joseph is like... When he finally <laughs> sees this change yeah. of heart in his brother...
0: Yep, that's the that's the switch. He,
1: he just starts crying yeah. in front of them, bubbles yeah. over with compassion towards yep. them, and says, it's me, it's me, it's, it's Joseph. Joseph. Yeah, And he um, tells them that it's him, and he says, don't worry about all that's happened. God has sent me ahead of you to preserve your life. Yes. That's the point. That's yes. my... Purpose in life is to preserve life. And that is the whole
0: purpose of the Joseph story. It's the reason why we're following Joseph's story and not Judah's as closely. Right. Right. It's the reason why we're in Egypt and not over in the promised land with Jacob and his sons. Yeah. Because God is trying to show us that he is providing
1: for his people through very it's, unlikely circumstances. Right. It's the faithfulness of somebody else right? who will provide salvation for faithless people. That's right. Like, it's it's the story of Jesus. Jesus' faithfulness provides salvation for faithful us. That's right. Faithful Joseph provides salvation for faithless Judah.
0: Yeah, because if you think about it, um, Jacob and his sons would have died out there. The promises of God would have been over. Genesis 3.15 would have been proven false unless God would have raised Joseph up through his brother's evil— And rose him through the ranks of the most prestigious and powerful empire on planet Earth in order to provide food for them. But also, not only for them, this is also a um, foreshadowing of God's promise to Abraham. He said, I will make you a blessing to all nations. Mm -hmm. And that is the word we get whenever we hear who is it that came to Egypt to receive food during this famine? The whole Earth. Right. The whole Earth streamed to Joseph in order to be fed, and that is the picture that of, even, of the whole Bible. It is, and yeah. you even
1: have like a smaller picture of it when Jacob comes up and blesses Pharaoh. Remember this in chapter forty-seven. Um, uh, Pharaoh yeah. meets Joseph's father and says, oh. "Like, how long have you been alive? Like, hundred twenty years." And then his father says, "Let me bless you, Pharaoh." Literally, it's the same words. <laughs> "Let me bless you," and he blesses yes. Pharaoh. Yep. Literally, the Being Bible to all nations, like. The promise of Abraham are coming true right in front of them. Wow. And in verse 27 of chapter 47, it says, They went into the land of Goshen, obtained possessions, and they were fruitful and multiplied greatly. Right. We had this expectation that Egypt. Is becoming the new Eden. Yep. Abraham, the heir of Abraham, is blessing the nations. All the nations of the world are coming to Egypt to receive There's grain. Lots of grain, food, food there. People are multiplying. Joseph, the faithful one, is reigning and yep. ruling. There's the chosen seed in the in yeah. Egypt. We this is Eden. Yes, this is going to be Eden. Right, which is so
0: crazy because we've seen Eden have really firm boundaries. You know, the rest of Genesis, we've talked about that many times where it's like, it's always this place and make sure you come, you know, you go get the wife from, you know, Abraham's land, but make sure to come back here because we have to stay here. But then we we go to Egypt to this other place where when we turn the page into Exodus, this place sucks. Right. <laughs> uh, but here it's like, man, God's building his kingdom here. Right. And like, that's the picture of the whole Bible is that the whole earth, even the worst places will become like Eden. And all nations of the world will be blessed because they get to dwell with God because yeah. of the the work of the final chosen seed, Jesus. There's
1: even more hints than this. In chapter 46, verse 27, yep. it's just listing the genealogy of Joseph. Right. And there are 70 yes. descendants listed, just like there were 70 sons of Adam listed. You're meant to see this as Hopefully, a new Eden. Right, but you're also clued in to the fact that it's not that this might not be because of chapter forty six. That's right. uh, When God actually is reaffirming His covenant to um, Jacob. He says, do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, right. for there I will make you a great nation. So you have to ask a question. Why would God have why to would say? He be, not, why would he say, don't be afraid? There's food there. There's food there. <laughs> your son's there. Right. Uh, your family will be there. Right. You'll be provided it's for. You have a, a possession yep. and
0: a land. It's because Jacob's remembering a promise made to his grandpappy.
1: In Genesis 15, <laughs> right. 13, yep. where God says, you will go down to Egypt and you will be servants. You'll be slaves years. for 400 years. So, you have what looks like Eden on the outside, Mm -hmm. but you also have this promise lingering in the background that 400 years of slavery also awaits God's chosen people in Egypt. So, why is he afraid?
0: He's like, this is where we're probably going to go into slavery. That's terrifying. But what's amazing is he says, there in Egypt, in slavery, for 400 years it's there that i'm going to start to fulfill the promise i made to abraham to make you a great nation because that's what we've been waiting for right it's been we we've had a a a kind of a lineage of scarcity so far it's like abraham you're, you're not gonna be able to even number how many kids you have like look at all the stars look at the sands of the sea that won't even compare to how many kids you have okay you had one and just barely you know and then you had a few others but like right you, and then it's like Okay, we've got Jacob and, or, or uh, Isaac, you know, and then we've got Jacob and Esau, and it's like this this kind of lineage of scarcity. And then oh, then we have twelve, but it's through slaves and multiple wives and all this other stuff. And then finally, we get to Joseph, and we have seventy, and we're like, okay, that's still more than twelve, but that's a far cry it's from 12, outnumbering the stars right. in the sky. And isn't it interesting that? That if the, if the main theme of Genesis is God using evil to bring about good, that it's in the midst of evil, in the belly of Egypt, uh, when they're enslaved and oppressed, that that is the place where God will actually turn Israel into the great nation that he promised to be.
1: And it's the same now. Yeah. It's only when we, we become slaves to Christ mm. that we are free. What's What does Paul say over and over again? You are bondservants to Christ. You are slaves to Christ. You are not your own. You, you were, were bought, bought with, with a price. price. How do we experience freedom even today in Jesus? It's when we sell ourselves into slavery. Mm. It's only through slavery that freedom and redemption and the blessing of the whole world comes.
0: Yeah. And so we know that this that not even Joseph and Jacob thought that this was going to be Eden. That, that's where they would end up. Uh, because both of them... Um, kind of have a similar command given to their family. Jacob says, "Don't you dare bury me here in Egypt. You take me back to Canaan and you bury me there." And so uh, Pharaoh outfits them with this whole caravan, right? And they go and they have like how how many days? I can't remember. Just Seventy days. Seventy days of, 70 days of mourning, um, paid for by Pharaoh, <laughs> and this huge embalming ceremony for Jacob. He's buried there because he's like I'm. I don't want to be outside the promised land. I don't want my body to be outside the promised land. So he's trusting that God is going to bring these people out uh, of Egypt at one point and back into fulfilling what the promise that he made to him and to his father and his grandfather. And then Joseph has a similar pronouncement. He's about to die, and he says, When I die, you make sure you put my bones in a backpack and carry (laughs) them out of this stinking land back to my, my father's promised land. Right.
1: Yeah. So as much as it looks like Eden, Joseph and Jacob still know that this isn't supposed to be, right. that there is another land that God is promising to bring about uh, his purposes to bless the whole world through. And that's what the book of Exodus is about. Yep. How do they get into the promised land? How do they get from being 70 people to a whole nation in the promised land? How do they escape slavery yep. into the promised land to bless the whole world?
0: Yeah, and that's what we find when we turn to the book of Exodus. So it's been really great walking uh, through the book of Genesis. We're really thankful for you um, all for, y'all for uh, listening through. Um, we, we've got lots of resources on the book of Genesis um, over at our website, SpokenGospel.com. Um, there is uh, a, a video that maybe will be released by the time this comes out I, I don't want to do the math awesome. or soon soon after uh, the book the introduction to the book of Genesis will be out soon um, there's like twenty or more devotionals coming out with these. So, um, as we you know, speak
1: right now, we are ninety nine percent funded <laughs> for, for, the the, Gen- Genesis for, yeah, for the Genesis studio. introduction. We yep. only need five people to donate uh, to, to join bucks. us for thirty six dollars. Yep. So, and,
0: yeah, if you if you're if you enjoy this podcast, if you like the resources we make, we invite you to go over to SpokenGospel.com slash donate and uh, become a monthly supporter to our work. Uh, all, everything you you give goes straight to um, our nonprofit. Um, and goes to help make resources like these. So it's been a lot of fun going through Genesis. Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, and if you
1: have no dollars, I do know you have fingers. You have fingers. And you can tap five stars. That's right. And you can also tap on your little keyboard and leave us a review. It actually really helps people yeah, so for the find us. for the podcast here. Yeah, yeah. That,
0: that'd be really helpful. So um, we've recorded Genesis now. We've gone through Exodus already in we the have. podcast. So we are jumping to Leviticus next. We are. So that'll be fun. So uh, we, we really hope you would join us there as we uh, walk through... Uh, all of Scripture, trying to show Jesus in every corner of it, and uh, the blood sacrifices, <laughs> in the blood sacrifices, should be a should be a stretch for for that. No, not really. But the
1: dove sacrifice, yeah, the bread sacrifice, all the grain sacrifice, yeah, smoke sacrifice, smoke sacrifice, the, a the wave offering, the wave offering, that's the weirdest one to me.
0: But anyway, so we'll see you there, hopefully, in the Book of Leviticus. So thank you guys and bye. Thank you for listening to the Spoken Gospel podcast. Spoken Gospel is a nonprofit dedicated to creating free gospel-centered media that speaks the gospel out of every corner of scripture. So to join us in our mission and view our resources, we invite you to visit SpokenGospel.com.